Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China, we love the plan here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? All right, welcome back to Swish FM. Chris Mandelkin, and Ben Craw. Ben, this past week, we sent you into the desert with a box of uh, VHS uh, tapes. The desert. Yeah, yes. to rewatch old Celtics and Warriors games, to, to hash out and tighten up your, uh, your takes on the NBA Finals. Mm, indeed. Would you mind, actually, Chris, if I uh, shared a, uh, a brief story about, about my Please. experiences in yeah, the desert? Yeah, no, I was just going to ask, how, how was your time away? Chris, the desert is a cruel mistress. What I saw in that desert changed me forever. Wow. Um, I hope you don't mind if I indulge a little bit here. Um, I'd like to to take you on a little journey, um, you and the listeners, that is. Um, And, uh, you know, I I don't want to take up too much time here. So if I uh, seem to be, you know, running long, feel free to... uh, Cut me off, but but I think this is important. It took me three days to travel on camel to track down a desert shaman to perform a ritual of ayahuasca, the mythical oh. medicine plant that I heard would open you up to a higher wisdom and see the future. How desperately I wanted to see the future. Five years of grad school had made me sick of the academic rat race. I despised my life, but didn't dare to imagine anything else. I'd been trained my whole life by parents and teachers to follow a well-treaded path to success. Go to right schools, get right degrees, date right people, get right jobs. So many people have done it this way and seem happy. They must be right, right? Then why do I feel so trapped? I came to the desert seeking answers, hoping the spirit would tell me what my future is. I'd heard accounts of miraculous insights and uncanny predictions from others that went through the ritual. I came up with an exhaustive list of questions to ask the desert spirit. Where will I work? Who will I marry? How much money will I have? Etc, etc, etc. I wrote the list down and memorized it. I was so prepared. Until I got to the dune at dusk, where the ritual started. The shaman shook his rattle, danced, and sang in Quechua. He passed me the cup of foul-smelling ayahuasca brew. I drank in one gulp, holding breath to keep it down. To say my body had a bad reaction to it was an understatement. I vomited and vomited. My heart raced so violently that I worried it'd burn out any minute. A thousand different TV channels blasted at top volume in my head. I couldn't hear the rattle. I couldn't see the river. I was dehydrated and delirious. 
It went on the whole night. Then the giant anaconda appeared. The proverbial desert spirit, the embodiment of the force, it glided silently around me, neither friendly nor malicious, immense and immensely calm. Though my head refused to believe it, I felt the anaconda was physically there on the dune with me, so ancient, yet so present. What do you want? It talked to me without speaking. I remembered my list of questions, questions about my stupid little life. In the presence of this impressive creature, my list of questions felt trivial and naive. I want to know the ultimate truth of my existence, I said, shocking myself. I had no idea what I was talking about. Complete silence. The anaconda glided across sand in slow-mo. After what felt like centuries, it said, You are not ready for the truth, child. But the truth is the only thing I'm after, I protested. Please, show me. All right, then. You asked for it. But as I said, you aren't ready. So when you can't take it, ask for help. Before I could grasp what, what that warning meant, I was thrusted into an empty space, non-space, to be precise, for there was no direction, dimension, distance, or position. It was devoid of any characteristics that physics would use to define space. Yet somehow I was there, present. I didn't know how, but for some reason, I suddenly understood what this strange place was. It was the beginning of creation, or death. The two are one and the same thing. It dawned on me that if I wanted, I could create time, space, and define everything in it right there in whatever way I wanted. The consciousness I embodied could make that all happen. Yet I felt a terror so strong that it dwarfed any fear I'd ever felt. I realized as ultimate creator, I'd have no external truth to reference. There would be no God, no anchor, no axiom to rest my head on. The prospect of that immense power and responsibility was utterly terrifying. Help! Get me out of here! I screamed at the top of my lungs. In no time was I yanked out of the zero-point field and back to the reality I knew where every parameter of existence was already neatly defined. But my heart was still pounding and my tears couldn't stop flowing. I was beginning to realize the implication of what i just experienced. Every rule or belief that I, he I held as absolute truth is but a fabrication of consciousness. Every future I could think of is just as valid as any other, only depending on what I choose. There's no right answer, and there's no mistake, unless I choose to make them so. That realization was maddening, for, like most humans, I wanted to be reassured, to be handed the right answer. I wanted to predict the future so that I'd be safely prepared, because I didn't have the fortitude to accept that the future was actually up to me. The anaconda was right. I wasn't ready for the truth. But ever since that day in the desert, I vowed to be a bit more ready every day. Whenever I need to make an important decision, I ask myself, what would I do if I'm not a frightened little human, but instead the ultimate creator of the universe? In a sense, we all are. I ask myself, what would I do if the future, for me and for the world I live in, is not dictated by anyone else other than myself? How would I li live differently? And how does that relate to Web3? Whether you realize it or not, you're reading these words, if you're reading these words, you're a co-creator in this global revolution that may change the internet and how we distribute values in society forever. Or not. 
You could wait for VCs and macro experts to tell you what will be the future of this movement. Truth is, no one has a fucking clue. Or you could take the matter in your own hands and help make the future you want happen. And you can dribble, pass, and shoot into that future with the Swish Ball, the official basketball of the metaverse. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, It sounds like you had a really... Um, incredible experience um, in the desert, and uh, I mean, wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. It was it was life changing. Um, I just really wanted to to share that with um, with everybody because I I really feel like it was uh, it's something that that everyone should should get the chance to experience. Wow! Yeah. I mean, I have to believe this is really going to inform some of your takes and opinions here on the NBA oh, finals. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have, um, you have no idea. Yeah. I mean, let's hop in. I mean, well, I, let's start here, Ben. Last week, obviously you were away, mm-hmm. which you just detailed. Yeah. Oh, I was, um, I was away. All right. Yeah. You could say that again. <laughs> uh, Whammy stepped in as a pinch hitter last week. Yep. I heard, and, I heard the episode. Great job. Wonderful job, um, guys. Yep. Shouts, ben, shouts the verdict, to Whammy. The verdict is in, you know, our inboxes were flooded this week. Wham was an absolute hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddy's a big star. Listeners His want predictions and more. takes were uh, 100% accurate. Yeah, the listeners want more whammy. I'm happy to say. So let's begin here, Ben. You mentioned you listened to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some of your favorite parts? Oh, um, wow. <laughs> lines, uh, any good lines, any good moments, what um uh really put me on the spot here i mean i definitely liked a lot i guess well, I, 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 re- I really liked when whammy predicted a four game sweep by the golden state warriors <laughs> uh that was um that was really yeah that, that was uh awesome and then but he did sort of like temper that then by saying that you know it was possible that boston had the better team and mm. better players and better coaches um and proceeded to list like a number of reasons why it could be a very close series or that Boston could potentially win the series. But I think if I'm not mistaken, he's stuck with his initial gut instinct of warriors and four, which I applaud him for. Um, and I also, I actually do genuinely really appreciate how he, uh, confirmed and validated, um, my hunch, which was always that the golden state warriors were never a dynasty. They're actually mm. uh, a fake dynasty um, and that they should not have won a championship in 2015. That the only reason they won that one was due to injuries to Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Um, and then obviously the 2017 and 18 championships were won not by the Golden State Warriors dynasty uh, built from, you know, homegrown prospects and shrewd front office moves, but rather by a one Kevin Durant. Um, so... Yeah, I uh, I sort of feel like even though his Warriors and Four take may not be, you know, vindicated by history, um, I think his his larger take of the Warriors being a fake dynasty is is actually the more significant the and and uh, accurate yeah. one. So yeah, well, yeah, that's a hell of a takeaway. Yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 talk about the NBA Finals here, Ben. So. Yeah. Uh, 
The the Celtics are leading the series two games to one. Jalen Brown scored 27 points. Jason Tatum added 26 points the other night. The Celtics beat the Warriors 116 to 100 on Wednesday. They take a 2-1 series advantage here in the NBA Finals. Um, game four is tonight at TD Garden in Boston. So, you know, Ben, I know you've been, you know, sounds like you've had a busy week with some um, conscious... Uh, altering uh, substances, but I know you don't miss a single minute of these games. Of course not. So give me a thought. Give me some initial, you know, thoughts and impressions about these first three games of the NBA Finals here, uh, of the NBA Finals. What What's going on here? Celtics up 2-1. Um, yeah, that's right. The Celtics are, in fact, up 2-1. Uh, we've played three games thus far, and game four is... Uh, is scheduled for tonight as of the time of this recording uh friday night um we're all really looking forward to seeing what happens um i think it's going to be an exciting game i think it could be a pivotal game um game four is always always a big one i believe it's uh if i'm not mistaken it's zach lowe's favorite favorite game in in a series right because that's it's gonna go one way or the other it will definitely go one way or the other we're either gonna have a series on our hands or it's gonna be a three one like Looking like yeah. we might be packing packing things to, to head on home. Either have the Celtics up big or it's going to be It's tied a hinge point. Two two. It's a real, I think game four, if you could choose, we love X factors, you know, as, yep. as players, but I think the games themselves can also be X factors. And mm-hmm. I would call game four the X factor of the 2022 NBA finals. Yeah, this might be the turning point. Tonight. Yeah. Yeah, um, an X because, you know, an X is an intersection after all, isn't it? Yes. So an X can be, you know, sort of a a uh, a moment where you go one way or maybe go the other way. You know, right? It's a it's a four way intersection. So there's actually, well, technically there's four different ways you could go, but I, I don't think that uh, there's there aren't four possible outcomes in game four. Uh, only two, no, it's, only two possible. Yeah, yeah. so it's just going to be a Celtics win or a Warriors win. One of those. That's right. Two. That's right. Um, yeah, very curious. Uh, you put it well there. Very curious what happens. Um, How are you feeling about the series? Do, what do you? What was your? I forget. Well, you 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 were a lot more optimistic I, about the the Celtics' chances, if I'm not mistaken, last episode. I was more optimistic about the Celtics. Whammy kind of talked me into this still ultimately being a series that the Warriors would win. I thought. Um, I thought the Warriors would, I I was kind of like the, the romance, the romantic in me wants to believe that the Celtics kind of like the, the unproven team is going to win. But the practical part of me was just like, ah, the Warriors have done this before. So they'll probably win the series in six or seven games. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I guess I'm pretty shocked. Um, I guess I'm shocked that the Celtics are, it feels like they're really in a commanding lead here. I know it's just two games to one, but it just seems like they're the better team. Mm. Um, and it feels like they have the better roster. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm surprised how Golden State's role players basically just haven't really shown up. Like Curry's played well, but really outside of that, um, you know, Clay had a good game in Game Three, but they lost. But otherwise, he's played pretty poorly. Draymond really hasn't been very good at all. Yeah, we should talk about Draymond. Yeah, he stinks. He stinks. Yeah, wow, he's really he's very really bad. He he's very outspoken. That's true. Um, if you 
were to ask him, I don't think he would say that he stinks. Uh, yeah. He seems like a pretty, you know, brash and and kind of confident man. But um, but you got to watch the games, folks. Um, the way that I gotcha. watch the games, the way that you watch the games, Chris. And if you if you do actually watch the games, you'll realize that uh, yeah, he's not good. Um, stats are not good. The eye test is not good. Um, I mean, the, but, the Warriors just don't seem to have anyone like. Robert Williams, Al Horford, or Grant Williams. Right. And I know those guys, like, it's kind of, like, weird to say that the reason the Celtics are going to win the NBA championship is because they have Al Horford, Robert Williams, and Grant Williams. But, you know, each of those guys has, you know, the Celtics have the best defense in the league. They're a big part of that. Those guys have really, like, sealed off the paint. So Golden State can't really get to the rim time lord in particular has been just a beast he's just kind of cheating off you know he's mm. guarding draymond green I but draymond him. draymond doesn't have a shot you know so he time lord is kind of cheating off draymond and he can really help as like a you know on double teaming other defenders he's just swatting shots getting steals um and that basically seems to be the in in very simple terms like the the Celtics defense really seems to be a big part of why it looks like right now that they're going to win the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're um they look pretty good. I like Robert Williams a lot. I'm very happy to see that he's uh, you know, rebounded enough from his from his injury to really have an impact. Um yeah, he's so fucking awesome. Uh had him on my fantasy team for many years. Uh <laughs> Really just happy for that guy. Um, But the thing is, he's also like not, he's not like, he's not just like a deep, like a, uh, he's not just like a specialist. He's not just like a defense only player. Oh yeah. Even on offense, like he's a lob threat. Oh yeah. It's not like he's, he's out there only for defensive reasons. And it's, and And he's got some creation too. He's like a, he's a bit of a playmaker. He can rack up some assists now and then with the and uh, it's true for for horford and grant williams too those guys are knocking down threes passing the ball so it's kind of like you know the the warriors just don't have those guys frankly those guys used to be draymond yeah once upon a time we we used to say those sort of things about draymond yeah Um, he used to like make threes and score lots of points and, and yeah do it all yeah he just like would do more than one you know he could play both sides of the ball but yeah, I'm curious, man. I mean, it seems like Curry doesn't have much help on on his roster in the way that Jason Tatum does. Like, you know, Jason Tatum has Jalen Brown as, as his co-pilot and Steph Derek Curry. White, baby. Yeah, Derek White's been great. Um, I love Derek White. That's the weird thing Curry, is that like other than like Tatum, I was just never like a big fan of. But like other than Tatum, I actually kind of like all the Celtics in a weird yeah. way. Like Marcus Smart's like annoying, whatever. It's like the mini Draymond, but he's way less annoying than Draymond, uh, and his hair is ridiculous. But you know, whatever. I, I respect his commitment to. Uh, <laughs> to the but dude, he's more than Draymond. Like he scored, I think he scored like twenty five points the other night. Oh yeah, he's no, like, I I just meant mini Draymond and like his you know demeanor and like. Kinda... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's like Draymond. He's like Draymond's demeanor and has like an offensive game. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a certified dog, um, and mm-hmm. we love to see it. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that this team plays their home games in Boston and wears, uh, those uniforms, I, I would probably like, really like them a lot. Um, yeah. 
they seem like a pretty cool bunch. Um, however, uh, Chris, I feel like we are somewhat obligated to discuss the fans. Uh, of course, we we don't like to do this. Yeah. We tend to focus on you know action on the court. This is a basketball podcast, um, not a you know nonsense noise uh, outside yep. of the court podcast. But I mean, this is this is becoming a major storyline here. Uh, players are chiming in. Steve Kerr is is uh, talking about the code. Um, well, what happened specifically? So uh, Draymond fouled out of the game and was he got razzed a little bit, huh? Yeah, got a little razzed. Got a got got a little a little goofed on by the fans, uh, raining down obscenities. Um, you just hate to see that. Yeah, you don't like to see it. I mean. <laughs> This is going to sound weird, but like, this is a dumb, it's a dumb argument to have um, because it is, it's one of those arguments where it's, it's pointless. It's a moot point. There's no way you're going to govern or, uh, you know, police this behavior. Um, Fans in sports, sporting events are going to, obviously like for certain individual fans who do insane things like run onto the court or throw things at players like yeah you nip that in the bud and you remove those people but as far as like shouting things um unless it's like extremely racist and like again one person is doing it and then you can remove that person but uh as far as like yelling obscenities uh chants um, that's going to happen in sports and there's no way for like a arena security staff to be like, Oh, we need to remove, uh, 4,000 people right now, uh, for swearing. Um, so it's pointless to argue about. Um, I think that it's also pointless and a pretty sad loser energy look to complain about it. If you are the target of those, um, chance and, words um as i guess i didn't see clay's comments i saw like draymond's wife uh going on instagram complaining about it um uh however like and they're just probably it's like you're a fucking basketball player like get over it like this is part of the job um but i will say like ever since have like having a child like i will uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before chris like the last time I went to a Philadelphia 76ers game and was like, oh, yeah, this is there's like an energy in this room that I'm like, I would not want my son to be around until he's at least like, I don't know, like 10, like maybe eight. I don't like for at least for him to like understand it a little bit better and to realize like, OK, but like, yeah, it's a fucking like negative, toxic energy. It's like really uh, and it's not like the entire game, of course, uh, but and I guess it's worse in some places than others, whatever. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, like, uh, there's a part of, there's a small human part of me that does, in fact, sympathize slightly with uh, Draymond's wife being like, yeah, my children were at that game. Like, that sucks. Um, and it does suck. And I don't know what the solution is. Like, don't bring your kids to your dad's, to their dad's basketball game. Like, that doesn't seem right. Like, they should be able to, like, participate and enjoy this um and i guess it's just you just have to teach them like hey this is a part of the game like your dad's a basketball player people are gonna you know basketball fans are dumb animals and they'll say stuff um that they don't know you know mean or whatever just because they're sports fans uh, and that's what they do um but it's unfortunate yeah for like children to have to uh 
experience that. I don't know how old Draymond's kids are, but um, yeah, like again, like even as just a fan, like I wouldn't want my son, my five-year-old son, you know, again, when he's older, it's a different matter, but uh, but yeah, that's not the kind of energy that seems very healthy and like good and nice and like, uh, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Chris? Um, The way I feel about it is basically that yeah, it's like, it's unfortunate, but it's kind of like bringing your kid to an R-rated movie yeah. and then being upset <laughs> when they swear or they're like right. sex scenes or violent scenes on, on screen. It's kind of like, well, unfortunately, that's the deal with R-rated movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, you know, and, and it's too bad because, um, like, you know, as we've talked about with Whammy on the Pod before, sports are actually for kids. Like, yeah, it's the thing. It's like, and, and, and this they're is sort of corrupt. A ch- this is they're a children's sort of product. Yeah, they're corrupted by adults. Yeah, um, and they are like made impure by adults. Like when we start introducing money and all these like adult things, but yeah, like your four or five year old kid, if your four or five year old kid was like, "Hey, I, you know." I play basketball at school. It's fun. I, I like shooting the ball at the hoop. Like we should go see professionals do it. That's like a natural impulse. Yeah, of course. Um, Fucking most exciting thing like of my childhood life was like the first time I stepped inside Madison Square Garden. I'll never forget yeah. it. Yeah. And that makes sense because it's, it's a game for kids. Yeah. It's like a silly, it's a very silly game for kids, but we've sort of corrupted it uh, as adults and, so you have to sort of like step in and it takes a second to be like, Oh, right. Like it's actually much more like bringing your kid to a bar than like (laughs) bringing your kid to like Chuck E. Cheese. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, all I can say is I sympathize with the children of NBA families and, um, but at the same time, like going on social media, media and whining about it is, only makes you look kind of bad and is never going to stop. Like, <laughs> do you think the Boston fans are going to read Draymond's wife's Instagram posts and be like, oh, yeah, oh, he doesn't like that? Oh, then we should stop. Like, are you kidding I me? Think, like, that just made them all, like, 10,000 times happier that they got yeah. under his skin and, like, are in his head. Yes. Like, that's that's the whole fucking point. And she just They're all completely trolls. validated that's, them. Yeah, it's like dumping gasoline on a fire. Yeah. Uh I imagine it will be even worse tonight, you know? It's, yeah. And, and, you know, while I think Boston is a uniquely... Um, terrible city? Terrible, like, like yeah, like, uh, mean-spirited place. Mm-hmm. I also think that, like, basically, lots of cities are, like... The, yeah, it's that's easy the thing. to be like. It's <laughs> all easy sports like, fans oh. are fucking awful. Like, there's no good. It's sports easy to be like, oh, this is this is a uniquely Boston racism problem. Yeah. It's like, yes, I agree. Boston is a racist place, but also like, we need to stop pretending like literally every city in the country that has a professional sports like they're gonna. I promise you, the San Francisco <laughs> fans will do stupid things too. Yeah, yeah. As we've learned from every, you know, every incident in the last couple of years as social justice issues have kind of come to the the forefront with NBA players where it's like, ah, actually like there are racist taunts from literally every fan base across the country. Yeah. Um, whether if it's you're... in Philly or OKC or, or in Boston or in LA, like yeah. it turns out people are <laughs> stupid and drunk and mean spirited everywhere. <laughs> Has there ever been like an article written, like who are the best sports fan bases? 
Like, I've never seen that. I'm pretty sure, like, that would be an insane thing to write. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so I, I imagine that the taunting will continue tonight. And I'm sure in San Francisco, there'll be some mean-spirited stuff that happens there too and i don't i don't think any of it's really all that unique i think basically when immature drunk men and let's be real this is largely a a man male problem oh yeah (laughs) um i think when like immature rich drunk men are given license to act like idiots and get attention they will and so it'll probably just be worse (laughs) yeah Probably won't get better. Probably will get worse. What did uh, What did Steve Kerr say about it? I'm trying to find. He was just like very classy Boston. Right? Oh, yeah. Stay classy Boston. Stay classy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm just not really interested in any of this, uh, uh, in any of that stuff, because I, I actually think it's all just sort of like, uh, I think they're all just sort of like um, role playing as though they care. Yeah. Um. Like it, it strikes me as uh, people who are annoyed that they're losing the series. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious um, going forward, if you think the Warriors have like any chance of getting back in the series. Not a, uh, not, not the slightest chance. Nope. I'm calling no. it right now, Chris. This, this thing's over. Wrap, Stick a fork ra- in Wrap it up, folks. Yep. Well, your your guy Ben Tim Bontemps nailed it. I thought the other day on the Hoop Collective pod, and there's one stat that can explain and predict mm. the Celtics playoff this. run, mm-hmm. and the stat is related to turno- turnovers. So Boston's record when it has 15 turnovers or fewer is 14 or two. 15 turnovers or fewer, they're 14 and two in the playoffs. When they have 16 or more turnovers, turnovers, they're 0 and 5. And that's carried go. over into the NBA Finals. The Celtics committed 12 turnovers in Game 1. They won. They coughed up the ball 19 times in Game 2. They lost in Game 3. They had 12 turnovers, and they won. So it just seems like, basically, if the Celtics play disciplined and they don't throw stupid passes, they're probably going to win the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. That's that's my that's my uh, my hot take. Yeah, seems Vis-a-vis like a, Timmy Timmy good time. Seems like a pretty safe bet. You know, we could spend hours more analyzing it, but uh, but why? We really why do that, folks? Let's just. What did you think of uh, Steph Curry's injury? Did you think there was any uh, malicious intent? Was it a dirty play? Did you see that Marcus Smart and Al Horford fell on Steph Curry's foot? He re-injured his left foot on Wednesday night. Um. I don't know. I mean, first well, I should, we should say for starters, if I, I feel like if Steph is not 100% healthy and brilliant, by the way, then I really don't think the Warriors have much of a chance. Yeah. But did you think it was a dirty play? No, of course not. They were just going for loose balls. Shit, Shit happens. happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to, like, yeah, like, maybe Steph shouldn't, like, go for loose balls, like, given his, like, injury history and how important he is to stay healthy but yeah i don't think you can really you know predict or stop stuff like that where it was just you know um and yeah and also it's like if if there was like intent to like injure steph curry like they would do it like it's not that hard to like trip and fall and on steph curry's like ankle like 
I just feel like with all these like conspiracy theories, it's like if they really wanted to do it, they would have done it. <laughs> um, Are you excited for the Celtics to win another NBA championship? Uh, of course I am. I feel like it's it's been too long. The city deserves it. Um, Will you the go to the TD Garden? Will you go to TD Garden when they hoist banner number I'll, whatever it is eighteen? I'll be there, 19? Chris. I'll be there. Like uh, I'll, I'll be like I'll <laughs> I'm gonna go to the parade uh, dressed up as. Um, as Joe Pe- Joe Pesci in uh, with honors, um, that's that's gonna be my uh, my my fan. Uh, what do you call it when you go to like a like a convention? My uh, cosplaying. I'm gonna cosplay, cosplay. as yeah. as Joe as, as uh, <laughs> the Harvard bum <laughs> Joe Pesci in uh, in with in with honors, which is a most likely a future re- uh, Swish FM rewatchable. Um, sure. Just kind of teasing that. F- we don't know when. We don't know when, but I yeah, feel like it's only if a you're of listening, time. maybe just I think for our listeners, why don't you just cue that up, put that on this weekend, yeah. just refresh yourself because Ben and I will would will be doing a rewatchables. If you with watch them. with honors, uh, let me see if it's on Netflix. Um, please email us and tell us if you liked it, and tell us if you want to hear uh, a rewatchables on yeah tell us tell us if you how how badly Brendan you want Frazier, us joe pesci moira uh, kelly yeah when was this movie made uh 93 f- or four i want to say yeah um let's see here it's uh it's on oh you can rent it on amazon for 299 apple tv 299 yeah 1994 drama comedy brendan Fraser. uh sort of like against his will has to like take in a bum <laughs> and yeah, this and he like learns learns a lot this sounds like our shit learns a lot about life from the homeless man with a heart of gold simon wilder played by joe pesci uh yeah. doing his best joe pesci impersonation patrick oh a young patrick dempsey is also in this movie i forgot about that oh god yeah um yeah, we gotta watch this. I can't wait for the NBA to. Yeah, to end. I know. It's, How many games are just, left? We just need to put it to rest. Yeah. Um, um, well, tonight's game four. So we can finish this in as, as soon as two. That's good to know. Give me a quick prediction. You think this the Celtics win it in what five games, six games? Let's do it. Let's go five. I want five. them in All right, how San about Francisco. This? Let's, give her, let's give ourselves something fun. Mm. If we get Celtics in five, mm. if we hit that, do we celebrate with with honors? The first thing out of the box we do is rewatch <laughs> in honor to celebrate. Of, of the tr- of the fine city of Boston. Uh, yeah. I love this plan. This is a great plan. And if Golden State comes back and wins it, we should give Whammy his choice of what he wants to do first. first oh well, if Golden State wins, Whammy is going to make us watch the last duel. There's no question about oh, that. God, he um, loves that. Which thing. I'm also very very happy to do. <laughs> so no matter what, yeah. folks, at the end of the at the conclusion of, of this NBA season, you're getting a pot of gold. You're folks. getting either <laughs> with honors or the last duel, two of the finest movies made in the past. 30 yeah. years um go ahead and just rewatch those this week yeah folks. back to back it's a great way. it's a great double header screening um yeah see if you have a local theater that would that would uh run those for you if not just yeah. queue them up uh order you know, a blu-ray maybe get some popcorn people are doing going in, in in covid here is you can actually just rent out a movie theater just rent out a whole theater and go ahead and screen yeah for yourself and you know whoever you're cohabitating yeah with, maybe a you know, significant if, other if a couple of very very pod, close friends that you care deeply about yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Rent out the theater and do a double a double header. Yep. First up with honors. With honors. Followed by the last the duel. The last duel. Yeah, Ridley yeah. Scott. Yeah. I think they would pair really, really nicely together. Um, yep. Yeah. I love this plan. How are we feeling about any any other news notes from around the league that we can hit? Some Lakers news, I know, has happened. Oh, well, uh, what's happening with the Lakers? Yeah, Westbrook is... Um, it's it's sounding like Westbrook is going to be staying in LA. They're going to try to make it work. Make right? it work. With Run it back. Darvin Ham, the new Lakers coach. We got the NBA draft right around the corner. Oh yeah, when is draft night? That's in like a week or so, right? Yeah, it's another like couple of days. And Ryan then, and I were just talking about that this morning. Great. Boy, oh boy, what it, what it means to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, Knicks are they have a what top three pick, top the four pick? They must eleventh pick. Eleventth. That's huh. The 11th I don't pick. understand how they are always so bad. Here's here's what it means to be a Knicks fan. Every summer, around May June, for about four weeks, diehard Knicks fans listen to about fifteen sixteen hundred podcasts mm-hmm. breaking down <laughs> NBA, uh, you know, draft prospects, mm-hmm. and we convince ourselves that we have to literally trade. Every draft pick under the sun, every future draft pick in consideration for the right to draft Killian Hayes. Yeah, or Kevin Knox. We mit- or Kevin Knox. We miss on Killian Hayes, mm. but the good news is Obi Toppin falls to us at the eighth pick. Incredible. We convince ourselves that Obi Toppin is the second coming of Sean Kemp, mm-hmm. and four picks later, Tyrese Halliburton gets drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Basically, just but there uh, were no good players drafted after Kevin Knox uh, in that draft. I don't believe. I'm pretty sure. Shea Gilders Alexander, Shea, Michaela Bridges. They all went. They must have gone like top five because those guys are incredible. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, we uh, I, I, we're gonna bounce just because I'm kind of tight on time here, Ben. But uh, uh, next breaking time. my heart, Thanks Chris. I could. I could talk about this NBA Finals for at least two more hours. I've got a lot of X's and O's I want to break down with you. Unfortunately, I know you could, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, I remember the, the thing I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> Have you listened to the Hoop Collective where Brian relays the Pat Riley quote about running it back? Have you Have you got a chance to check that out yet? Remind me the context of this. <laughs> it was like... A post game. Is it where he's talking about LeBron? No, you would know if uh, if if you if you heard it. It was it was like two or three episodes ago, and Brian was talking about going to the the you know annual and and kind of like uh, notoriously fun and spicy uh, Pat Riley uh, you know year end press conference. Um, I don't even <laughs> want to like spoil it with for you because you need to just hear it because it's he drops this quote from pat riley and then it's immediately followed by an ad break riley said a lot of things we don't really need to get into it but i just think we need to acknowledge this quote on the podcast and it's not the the push-ups people talking about the push-ups i want i want the pat riley push-ups challenge to to go into effect i i know you want that because you're a push-up guy you do 100 push-ups a day we get it you're a hundred whatever um my favorite pat riley quote from this year's press conference was when somebody asked him if he was comfortable running the same team back next year. Did you it's see a what Disney he said? Podcast, Brian. It's a Disney podcast. I'm quoting Pat Riley. It's a Disney podcast. I'm just telling you. You're saying it. 
When asked about running it back with the current team, Pat Riley said, quote, I run it back with my wife every week. And then it's immediately followed by an ad break um, for uh, Shopify with the ka-ching. <laughs> so like the the timing of it, it's like honestly one of the best uh, moments in podcast history. I'll have to find it for you so you can drop it in um, yeah. to this to this episode so that all our, all our listeners can be uh, given that gift. Um, and... Oh, this is also very old news, but we should, I guess not now, but maybe when Whammy's back on, we should talk about uh, the uh, the post-game interview with um, Jimmy Goldstein. Was that is that the guy's name that oh they did? Oh my God, incredible. Yeah, Jimmy we Goldstein, need to like break yeah. that down. Honestly, we could do a draft of like best lines or like, or like, or like moments from the Jimmy Goldstein interview with, with Brian and... Uh, and was it Brian and Band or who was... I forget. It was... was, it it? was... It may have been, was it banned? No, it was the guy from that company that's not called Manscaped. Oh yeah, but it sounds like, it's like Andescaped or something. <laughs> it's like what? Like you know, there is a male grooming company called Manscaped, and you named your company an ESPN offshoot company called Anscaped. And it's like okay, yeah. Um, but it was the guy from Anscaped. That's, that's right. That's always on yeah, the yeah. pod with them. Um. All right, well, I'll track that down so we can drop it in. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah, we should discuss the Jimmy Goldstein interview at some future point. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you're curious, just Google who is Jimmy Goldstein and just look at this man's photo and understand that he's like courtside at every Warriors and Celtics game. And yeah, just and that, that sink in. his biggest fan in the entire world apparently is Brian Windhorst. Yeah. All right, man. Till next time, uh, enjoy the NBA Finals, and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Always fun to do the pod. You can listen to Switch. 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 Switch.